this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Well, that is the story of human progress. One inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. Hey guys, welcome to the Friday show. I am psyched you're here as always. I appreciate you guys uh, always making your way back home here. Um, hey, so today um, I wanted to just kind of chat about something that has been coming up since, well, since I started doing this work. But uh, as you guys know, if you're a subscriber and listener of this show or you follow my stuff on the website or social media, one of my big messages and that is very much in alignment with this idea of just, you know, I'm the like foundational wellness guy. I'm the guy that's trying to like build Giza, not Pisa, right? Because, you know, the the social media world we live in, it's it's very Pisa. It's very like, what can we try to, let's just build this thing, right? Build it and they will come, you know? And, and no one wants to kind of focus on the basics, believe in the basics, um, as much as they want to believe in the latest technologies and the the wearables and the the cutting edge workouts that you know uh, were invented last year, and you know this body's been doing a pretty good job over the last two point six million years. So all the stuff that is new is 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 just marketing, right? And so it's not to say that not all of it. It's not to say that all of it. Um, excuse me. It's not to say that it doesn't have a place, but uh, we got to build Giza first. And one of the biggest ways uh, that we can build Giza, not Pisa, and what I mean by that, in case you're not following, is the pyramid at Giza. It's been standing there for Lord knows how long. And, and then you've got Pisa, the leaning tower of Pisa in Italy. That's like, you know, it's on all the pizza boxes and stuff. And it's like this towering, it's got a poor foundation, obviously. So I'm always trying to get you guys to not only, you know, sure, add some positives and appreciate the positives you add, but but remove negatives. And removing negatives is how you get closer to a broader foundation oftentimes. I even wrote an ebook about 10 years ago called Stop. And I've been looking for it, but it has been lost to forgotten passwords and hacked email accounts and uh, a domain name that I didn't renew on time and someone poached from me and... Um, anyways, it's, it's long gone, but basically it was this, uh, short ebook and it was a list of all the things that we could do to prevent, uh, that would, oh, sorry, sorry guys, uh, all the things that we could do to prevent harm that would probably do more for us than focusing so much of our willpower and healthy, uh, healthy energy on additions to a weak foundation as most people do, right? The person that can't quit smoking, but wants to start drinking green juice, right? As if the green juice is going to undo the smoking, right? And I know the psychology of it and you feel like you got to start with your first step and you got to you gotta get that healthy user bias on your side, but there's nothing. I remember literally not kicking people out of my gym, but kicking people out of my gym when I could smell cigarettes on them. Not because I'm a jerk, but because I would say, look, my I'm passionate about this. I want to help you. I want to see you perform better, live longer, feel healthier, feel more energetic. But there is nothing you can do inside my gym that'll do more for you than you not smoking. So why don't you come back in a month having not smoked for two or three weeks? And I did that a bunch of times. And sometimes they came back and, and their life was changed. And a lot of times they didn't come back. But 
Anyways, in the book that I wrote, it would it was everything from, you know, cutting sugar to unplugging your Wi-Fi at night. And um, anyway, I guess this this sort of episode and intro now is is I guess I'm increasingly seeing um, this this idea of stopping to move forward. Like, what can we stop doing, and how can we prevent harm? I feel like in the age of social media and everyone's an expert, and uh, we're basically seeing this now with runaway logic or misunderstandings of avoiding harm that lead to harm, <laughs> like the ultimate irony, right? Like um, <clears throat> the classic example of this that I've spoke many times on the podcast and, and on my website about is like the athletes that the athlete that's trained a lifetime and competed for a lifetime on a high carb diet that just decides to go keto tomorrow and, and wonders why they're you know, starting to get injured or, or not being recovered or whatever, because they just changed the fuel overnight. And while keto can be great for metabolic health and longevity and even weight loss, if your body is a finely tuned machine that's been running on honey badger, whatever it's called, and and beet juice for, you know, two decades, and suddenly you're giving it butter and coconut oil, well, there's going to be a bit of a, uh, there's going to be a bit of a lag there. And the other big example of you know, the, the attempt to avoid harm that leads to harm is like, was the, uh, the five finger shoes, the barefoot shoes that paved the way for the minimalist footwear boom. You know, the, the book born to run was written and everyone read it and bought the barefoot shoes and forgot that our 2.6 million year old anatomy is magically as it was designed had been stuffed into cushioned, narrow and heeled shoes for two, three, four decades. So while the minimalist hypothesis around footwear is correct, it hurt more people initially than it helped because we lost context. We we had that runaway logic. If it's good, it's good now, it's good for always. You know, it's um with the footwear thing, it's like, you know, it's super safe and effective as long as you've been that way since you were born. But if you incorporate it at age thirty six and your feet have, you know, evolved or devolved or changed shape and you have like toes that are folded on top of each other and, you know, they're far from the feet you're you were born with or your caveman ancestors had, then unnatural demands require unnatural support. And so until the demands are natural, you got to stay in some kind of shoe that supports you a little bit more minimally, you know, walk your dog in the minimalist shoes, but don't try to run your next marathon. And if it's your 15th marathon and it's the second day you've been wearing those shoes. And today, my friends, it is breathing because, uh, you know, I've, I've been teaching breathing and breath work as a focus of my attention or, uh, a focus for people that need to relieve some pain or, uh, build emotional resilience, improve performance or extend their life for about eight years now. And six years ago, I did a TEDx talk in Lugano, Switzerland on heart rate variability, nostril breathing and diaphragmatic activations. It's available in the show notes at coachjodi.com slash one, four, two, and in that talk, I teach various elements and benefits of the different types of breathing, but I don't actually say nose breathing 100% of the time for everything always, because that wouldn't be true, even though it would be true for a lot of people a lot of the time, much like barefoot shoes or something. Anyway, so one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast right now is because on my Instagram, I have a video of me doing a 106-pound, what's called the beast pistol squat. And if you don't know what that is, it's me holding a 106-pound cannonball with a handle on my chest while standing on one leg, squatting my butt cheek all the way to the ground. 
And I had to laugh. There was a comment from a, you know, self-proclaimed breathing expert pointing out that I was holding my breath as if that's a negative, right? Um, and it's funny because in my TED Talk, I more or less convey the idea that breathing and respiration are different things. That's one of the sort of points I illustrated because a breath is meant to expand the torso, massage the organs. Your kidneys will move two to three centimeters with the proper breath and most of all, stabilize the spine. A respiratory cycle is the exchange of oxygen and CO2, and breath work is an intelligent therapeutic intervention that, like any medication, is case-specific. So if somebody's uh, got back pain, we're going to use breathing to help them restabilize. If someone's having a panic attack or they're super stressed or they get migraines, we're going to use respiration. But they're not the same thing. Now, imagine telling a power lifter before a maximal deadlift not to hold their breath. It's called the Valsava maneuver. It's an essential component to powerlifting. Every powerlifter would have a broken back without it, and I probably would be in that group too if I didn't hold my breath during a 106-pound pistol squat. So if somebody needs to calm down, and this is where a lot of this uh, evidence or this, this truth comes from, if someone wants to calm down, then sure, chuck a popsicle stick between the teeth and do some alternate nostril breathing. Uh, I have two whole podcasts on that with Lois Laney that's, that are super interesting. You can find them in the, find them in the show notes at coachodi.com slash 142. But if somebody is overly parasympathetic, which happens, and wants to change their state, then mouth breathing can be the ticket. And for others, even that might be slightly sympathetic, if they don't mind like risking peeing their pants in order to see their God, we can use hyperventilation through the mouth for that. So uh, many people have improved their depression or consciousness with this type of breath when it was used responsibly. And if you live in LA, you probably do it three times a week as your breathwork class. You know, it's in LA, it's so funny. Like almost every breathwork class is this crazy two-part hyperventilating mouth breath that is basically a sympathetic overdrive branded as a parasympathetic relaxation. But I guess what I'm saying is when you hear something new, let it be like, you know, bananas have too much sugar or, you know, we should nose breathe all the time. Don't take it to your grave as truth in all cases for everybody for always, because everything is contextual and, and you can push yourself just in the other direction. And that's why this pendulum that we're on in the health and wellness space just keeps swinging. Everyone writes a book about keto, and then everyone writes a book about intermittent fasting, and then everyone writes a book about keto intermittent fasting, and then everyone writes a book about plant-based keto, and then everyone writes a book. Have you seen this trend? It's because the experts and the people are swinging through the same damn pendulums all the time, and it's because context is everything. And sure, you can say everyone's trying to sell something, and it's the cutting edge, and it's the you know, it's what's everyone's talking about, you know, and whatever Google's getting searched for is that's what I'm going to write a book about. And, um, but if you want to actually get somewhere, you have to look at the context, right? And, you know, you might not eat a banana every morning, but before an intense workout or after a race, guess what would be probably the exact nutrition and digestibility that you need. I don't recommend eating a bunch of apples before a hard run, just because you're trying to increase fiber and, and avoid high glycemic fruit, right? So anyways, this is, and, and actually one important element here is I'm not talking about balance on this show. I'm talking about awareness. 
and also alignment with your objectives. What do you want out of this change, right? The term balance, I feel like, is just used as an excuse to do things outside of your objectives, right? Like, like saying your objective is to lose weight and just crushing a bag of popcorn late at night because you want balance or having a chocolate cake, piece of chocolate cake, you know, more often than makes sense. You know, if it's not your once a year birthday party, then uh, it's too much, right? But awareness is about knowing your why so you can decide most of all when your truth is helpful and when it's not. If you're wearing minimalist shoes in order to improve your posture, then wear them as much as possible, but don't try to wear them ice skating. <laughs> like, don't, don't try to wear them if you're climbing Mount Everest, right? No, we take these things, these truths, like it's true, like minimalist shoes are going to help your posture, but like, you know, I like that analogy I just made up. Don't try to wear them ice skating, right? It's like we try to take these truths into everything and and we can get ourselves in more trouble than than when we when when where we started. You know, if you're quietly nasal breathing to improve your health and vitality, do it as much as possible while you walk your dogs and while you're working at the computer and maybe tape your mouth at night with one of Patrick McEwan's strips, but but don't try to take it to your powerlifting meet or your free diving lesson or your kundalini yoga class even. Um if you're giving up the bananas to lose weight, make sure you're also giving up other sugars that are worse, you know, or, you know, there might be 10 add, ten grams of added sugar in that diet protein bar. And if you're avoiding bananas because of high glycemic food, well, there's added sugar in that, in a lot of these bars, you know, and if someone hands you a banana at the finish line of your next 5k, don't think it's going to destroy all of your goals just because it's not as, uh, you know, glycemically friendly as, as a, you know, green apple with almond butter on it. It's healthy until it's stressful, folks. I guess that's the the main message here, and it's something I've said with much frequency. But on this Friday, I just thought it was an important thing. That comment, you know, ouch, you're holding your breath. It was just like we're taking these things to extreme. And, of course, everyone on Instagram and, and Facebook or whatever, they have to have an identity, right? And they don't want to be just another health and wellness coach. So they got to be the breathing coach. They got to be the mouth coach. They got to be the... Um, they got to be the, you know, the, uh, the, the barefoot walking man. They got to be the, you know, they got to be the thing, but context is everything. And it's the context in which they're speaking. It's the, it's the place in life and in health and in physical activity that they're talking from. And it's your life, right? And I think that a lot of the conversations that I have had recently, I'm helping people with this stuff, right? It's, it's fitting truths into your truth, right? What's your truth? You might want to be the best dad. That's what I want to be. You might want to be the best parent. You might want to be the best grandmother. You might want to be the best athlete. Well, how do you fit so-and-so influencer's dietary advice if you choose that it's your truth and you want to follow it? How do you fit it into you? Because don't try to fit someone else's I fast 20 hours a day, but I never work out into your professional athletic career as a gymnast, right? So I guess that's what I'm saying, guys. It's just funny because like 10 or 15 years ago, it, the extreme was like people were doing a bunch of harmful stuff, like not understanding EMF and Wi-Fi routers and avoiding butter and, um, you know, taking a lot of seed oils and, uh, you know, doing all this stuff that was very unhealthy. And so it was all about stopping bad stuff while we focused on good stuff. 
But it's funny, nowadays, with just this incredible explosion of information and influence, now it's like I'm stopping people from doing helpful stuff because it's the runaway, it's the runaway logic, it's the runaway commitment, it's the runaway intelligence, knowledge. It's like knowledge is power to a point, but after a while, if you have too much knowledge, then you get in your own way and it's healthy till it's stressful. And maybe the best example of that is EMF, because you know what? We can try to stop it. We can run from it. We can mitigate it. We can wear our lambs underwear. All that stuff's important, especially if it helps you sleep at night, but you're not beating it. You're not beating the cell phone signals that are all around us all the time. The 5G tower that just went up down your street. So it's healthy till it's stressful. Do what you got to do to sleep at night, but but you know, don't don't wear the tin foil hat and paint your walls with shungite and do all the things. And that's actually another good example of this. There's this paint. It's black. It's this shungite paint that you can basically block all EMF from being in your bedroom, right? And if you get the right blackout curtains, you can even have windows and open them up. And if you make them EMF blocking curtains, then you can have no Wi-Fi, no, no EMF in your bedroom, which is amazing, right? The only problem is if you don't unplug every single thing in that bedroom at night or you let your cell phone in that room, you're going to turn yourself into a microwave. So this is maybe another good example of this. If you block all the EMF from my office, which I'm standing in right now, and I painted this whole room with the, with the black shungite paint, and I had the the, the blocking, you know, uh, blackout shades with EMF line silver fabrics, and then I decided to let my cell phone in here and let it search for a signal, I would be turning my office into a microwave. And so I'm actually like 10xing the EMF exposure than if I didn't paint my whole room. So be careful with runaway logic. Be careful with uh, trying to fit a truth that was conveyed to you from a certain place by a certain person in a certain context into your context, your life, your physical activity, your stress level, your job, your roles and responsibilities, because that's when we can get in trouble. And, and it's very disempowering when truths don't work for us, right? When we, when we try the thing that we know is true because Joe said it or um, whoever said it, um, and it doesn't work for you because it's not the brick you need to focus on right now, right? And that's, gosh, I could just keep going, I guess. But that's the other big piece is what needs to happen right now. I just had a conversation with a client this morning, and she was asking about... Um, certain supplements that I take and Amelia takes and I'm very vocal about that I haven't told her to get her butt on yet. And the reason is, is because all I want her to focus on right now is maximally rehydrating herself because that was a thing that I suspected was a problem for her. Hitting her protein amounts that we need her to hit because she's the type that can, you know, it's very hard for her to keep weight on. And so we've increased her time in the gym and we're increasing her amino acid intake and her protein intake. Um, so what I'm getting at is right now for her, her focus is protein and hydration, we'll say. And her question is, well, what about this, 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 this? And I want these changes to last a lifetime. I want you to spend two, three, four weeks focusing on these things that are going to stay with you forever. The amount of protein you need and the amount of water you need. And if I cycle in, you know, and throw on these and this and this and two teaspoons of that and a teaspoon of that and, and 16 of these pills and 28 of these pills, the protein in the water thing is going to get lost. So I want her to stay on that until she owns it, until it's not even a thought anymore. It's automatic. 
and then we can go to the next thing. So it's very kind of, you got to stage our interventions, but you know, let's pretend she didn't come see me and she heard on the podcast that she needs, you know, 10 grams a day of, of this or that. And she skipped the fact that she's chronically dehydrated and she skipped the fact that she needs some mitochondrial support. And she skipped the fact that she's got a underlying, you know, gut issue or whatever. And she jumped right to the 10 grams of the thing and it didn't make her feel great. Why? Because she's building Pisa, not Giza, right? What do you need? What is your found, what foundational bricks are you missing? And how long do we need to stay on those things before we even look for anything else? And that's where, you know, sometimes you've got to detox from information, knowledge, awareness, reading. And it's funny that I would say that. I think we have to learn for a lifetime, but to the point that it's getting in your way and to the point that you can't even do the things you know are true because you're distracted with the next thing, that's when people get in trouble. And that's when we got to stop. That's when we got to stop and reboot, look for runaway logic, avoid harm, and get inward, <laughs> get get into yourself and, and, and find what's true for you right now and for always, right? Because those might be different things. Now I will stop rambling. I hope you enjoyed this ramble session, team. It was a fun show for me. I I just rambled. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just rambled. And um, I'm going to take a quick sip here. Show notes, um, they're probably not going to be too crazy, but they're going to be available at coachjodi.com slash 142. And of course, while you're typing that in, you can type on in uh, coachjodi.com slash 141. If you have not listened to my podcast this week with Mr. Graham Wardle, and I'm starting to choke on something, and I don't know what it is. Um, but the Graham Wardle show was a hit. I can't believe the number number of messages I've gotten about it. It's um, it's about escaping your comfort zone and living more fully. And I think maybe that show in concert with this show could be helpful to a lot of people. So I would encourage you to head on over to the website, give it a listen, slash 141. Uh, please share that show, this show, any show that you think would be helpful to the people in your circle that I'm trying to reach. You got to help me. You got to help me reach them because... This show, I think, I suspect it could help a lot of people if they hear these messages, but I need your help getting it out there um, because it's very hard to get people uh, to listen to podcasts because, well, they're kind of, there's kind of a lot of them and there's uh, it's hard to find the time. And, and that's why I'm starting to do these shorter Friday shows, but it doesn't help when I ramble on and on and on. So I'm going to end this one right now. Your commute is over. Your trip to the grocery store is over. And um, so is this show. So stay tuned, guys. On Tuesday, I've got a great, great, great episode on head injuries and nutrition for concussions with an incredible doc from the Mayo Clinic. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, that's going live Tuesday. I thank you, guys. I wish you a wonderful weekend if you're listening to this on Friday. Much love, team. Thank you so much. Ciao. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoedi.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. 
Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff, and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them, so thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.